The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Four teenagers became sick at a Cork school last week after vaping. Now, there are a number of incidents that have been reported all over the country this year in schools and in recreational settings where children and young people have fallen ill after vaping substances, including suspected cannabinoids. John Crown is consultant oncologist at St. Vincent's Hospital and he joins us now. Uh, John, good morning. Good morning to you, Patrick. Good morning to your listeners. Now, uh, the state is moving, the government is moving towards uh, some rules on vaping. What do you think is appropriate? Oh, I I think these things need to be regulated within an inch of their life. I I actually think the only appropriate use for vaping is as a medicinal product to bridge nicotine addiction for for people who are already nicotine addicts and who are smoking. The only circumstance under which taking up a vaping habit enhances your health is if you're a smoker and you give up smoking. For everybody else, it's bad. We should be doing absolutely nothing to encourage, foster, facilitate the casual use of vaping products, especially by young people, but in truth by anyone, because what these are is a gateway to nicotine addiction and we do know that many people who take up vaping will end up smoking uh, and vaping itself even if you don't smoke vaping is not good for you vaping is associated with a number of health risks i mean surprise surprise you inhale you know chemicals into your lungs that are not supposed to be there i mean should we be surprised that people get ill effects from it mm-hmm. so i i'd be in favor of very 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 strict regulation of this product now the regulations that they are talking about bringing in involve not uh, having the sale of uh, any of the vaping products in settings where there might be uh, children uh, present, prohibit the sale of tobacco products and nicotine inhaling products at events for children, prohibit self-service sale of tobacco products and inhaling uh, products, that means no machines that would vend them, introduce a strict licensing system for the retail sale of tobacco products and nicotine inhaling products, prohibit the advertising of nicotine inhaling products around schools and on public transport and provide additional enforcement powers to the Environmental Health Service for measures in the bill and for all previous tobacco controls. What say you? Uh, they're all good, but I'd go further. I mean, I, I, I think a very, you know, I, I'm not sure how practical this would be, and I'm possibly being a bit quixotic when I say it, but I mean, I think the ideal situation should be that these are medicinal products that are prescribed, regulated, given by pharmacists to people who have the disease of tobacco addiction and who are trying to deal with that addiction. I believe nobody else should be taking these. Um, uh, I, know no, that's I, I presume important. you wouldn't want them by prescription only, or would you? Or could you go into the pharmacist and, uh, and get, I mean, you can get things like Viagra and the contraceptive pill, OTC, over the counter. Um, Would you favour that kind of regime for uh, vaping products? I, I, it would certainly be preferable to one where it's sold in, in regular retail shops with the usual. I mean, we know that the safeguards that are put in place to stop children buying tobacco products, you know, they don't work all that well. They work sometimes, but there are ways around it. So to me, having it in a much more regulated healthcare environment would be far preferable. Yeah. And now, there are vaping products that don't contain nicotine, one supposes. I've never used them, so I have no idea. Uh, but they don't seem to advertise the presence of nicotine. And then there are those which are definitely uh, available as a substitute. Do you know any, anything more about those other strawberries and vanillas and all the rest of it? I, I, I don't know much about the non-nicotine products, but again, I, I think... You know, it's, we're just repeating the same old mistakes we made before. I mean, you know, they can't put some kinds of paint on the door of your house because in huge doses it might give cancer to a mouse in a lab. But, you know, for 
we've grandfathered into routine acceptable use the internal administration through our lungs of a vast array of chemicals that have no business being there. And I just think it's terrible that we're going down the same route again, making the same mistakes that we did, you know, 300 years ago, 400 years ago with tobacco. We should be doing nothing to encourage this, this habit, these products, these no good can come from them. And there will be probably more harms uh, uncovered as time goes on. No matter how non-toxic the substance is, if you inhale it, it is likely to give you bronchial irritation. It is likely to give you some degree of predisposition to asthma. Uh, and an occasional person will get severe reactions yeah. to them. But the main problem, not to be deflected, Pat, by what they're saying, the main problem is the nicotine products, and it is the addiction. And the tobacco industry have been heavily involved in this. Yeah. But, you know, because the devices is the same, it's the same whether there's nicotine in it or something uh, more floral, um, you know, the habit is the habit, the hand-to-mouth, uh, the, the, the cool use of the machine, if you think it's cool to use a vaping machine, all of that. Um, I, I suspect if you ban one, you have to ban them all. Well, I, I personally would be, uh, I'm not sure ban is the right word, but I would certainly have them all you know, heavily regulated, as I said, to within, to within an inch of their lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm hearing, and you know, Larissa Nolan did a very nice piece in the paper about this uh, some weeks ago, and she you know, kindly interviewed me for it. But I mean, they, they did some research from the, from the Mirror newspaper about the availability and the frequency of use. And I, I know from talking to my colleagues in the hospital who have, who have you know, children in the teenage age group, they tell me it is rife in the schools, the use of vaping products. Mm-hmm. I think I think we're having gone to huge and successful efforts to decrease the number of people who smoke in our society down to one of the lowest in Western Europe. I think we're cooking up a whole new problem for ourselves with these things. Yeah. And one of my young colleagues in News Talk tells me that uh, some of her friends are addicted to vaping products and they never smoked, not before they took up vaping. So uh, there you are. Uh- Okay. But vaping is not good for it. I mean, there have been quite a few studies over the last couple of years that show that vaping of itself, not only is a gateway to smoking tobacco, but vaping of itself is very bad for your heart. It can cause constriction of the coronary arteries. It can cause elevations in blood pressure. It can cause, you know, dangerous elevations in the heart rate, which can predispose to irregular heart rhythms. And that, in turn, can give rise in people who are so predisposed to heart attacks and strokes and, and all manner of other things. And in addition to people who are smoking and vaping, if we'd have a particularly high incidence of those side effects. So, you know, it, really we need to just say, if you're smoking, try and get off them. If vaping helps you, then do it, but don't smoke as well. If you don't smoke, don't take up vaping. So just don't take up vaping unless you're doing it to get off cigarettes. John Crown, Consultant Oncologist at St. Vincent's Hospital. Uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.